The following is a hockey podcast out of Vancouver and Surrey, British Columbia. It'll only consist of a lot of puck talk and even more BS, or in actual words, banter and satire. Enjoy and as always, go Canucks go. What a legendary day for fans of the Vancouver Canucks. Not only are we honoring the greatest goalie in franchise history, but we got the best Canuck fan of all time on the show. Canuck Clay here with me, Trevor Banks on Locked On Canucks. Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Locked On Canucks. My name is Trevor Beggs, co-host of Locked On Connects, and also a part-time credentialed media member for Daily Hive Vancouver. Before we dive into the show, we got to thank you for tuning in to Locked On Canucks. It is your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you haven't done so already, make sure you go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. I also got to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Now, usually I got my co-host here, Kyle Bowen. Now today I got someone even better looking, Canuck Clay. So for today's show, Clay and I are going to talk about Roberto Luongo. It is Ring of Honor night, so we're going to bring up the old Ring of Honor versus Jersey, uh, Jersey retirement debate, get Clay's take on that talk about some of our favorite Luongo memories and where he ranks among the best goaltenders that we've ever seen play the game of hockey. Um, We'll let Kyle give his take on Luongo in segment two, and Clay and I will wrap up the show talking about the Panthers-Canucks game that's happening tonight at Rogers Arena. But before we get into all that, let me introduce, again, one of the best-looking Canuck fans of all time, Canuck Clay. Clay Emu, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing today? Trevor, I'm so glad to be here with you and the Locked On Canucks fans here. And yes, Kyle, big shoes, big, good-looking shoes to fill, but I will do my best. I'm just happy to hear on on a night where we're honoring, actually, I don't know if you know this, my favorite player of all time. So I'm, I'm glad to be here with you and with all of your fans for sure. Keep up the good work, man. You guys are, you guys are crushing it. Yeah, and, and same to you, Clay. I mean, you're a, you're a very, you know, very well-known guy around these parts. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure we, we, we pump you up and uh, let you promote your, your own show here uh, before we let you go on Locked On Canucks. But today is, you know, it's partially about you, but it's also about, like you said, your favorite player of all time, Roberto Luongo. I would put the clip on the screen here for our YouTube viewers if I had it, but I know you have it pinned on your Twitter page. Uh, a photo with Luongo taken outside of Rogers Arena where you said that he is your favorite player of all time. Uh, maybe I'll start by asking you this. When did Roberto Luongo become your favorite player of all time? Yeah, it must have been around the uh, the run. I know he came to the Canucks in 20, 2006, 2007, but it was probably closer to the, the cup run. And I wasn't back then and just getting started. I wasn't so much worried about naming or proclaiming my favorite player of all time. But I think the way that, of course, we all know the story. They came out one game short. The whole team did, not just him. But I still liked him. And the, the way he became more uh, self-deprecating in the media, the way he didn't he'd take himself a little bit less seriously it's ironically when he became more popular, even though I don't, I, his game wasn't going down, but it was near the end of his tenure, actually. that I think that's the more ironic thing. He became most popular as his, his tenure was closing. And before then, it was just how good he was. And that's what attracted me to him. And then after that, it was how good he was, plus how fun he seemed in the media. Yeah, he really is one of the most uh, interesting uh, characters <laughs> to ever suit up for the Vancouver Canucks. 
and, and maybe I'll give you the floor and I'll mention some of my favorite moments because I was uh, writing about it this morning for Daily Hive at the quirkiest Luongo moments uh, during his time with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, what are some of those favorite moments of yours, whether it was on the ice or off the ice uh, regarding the Roberto Luongo? Well, I can't read that. Uh, wait to read that. The quirkiest moments. Well, we'll start with the the on ice. I think the non Canucks moment. Everyone remembers the 2010 Winter Olympics and how he he wrestled that starting job from Martin Brodeur after Brodeur faulted against the U.S. out of all teams in in the preliminary round. And then Luongo. I actually remember at the time, Trevor. I thought that that was a quick hook for Brodeur. I think there's just so much energy around Vancouver. Why isn't our guy playing? Why isn't our guy playing? I think the coaches really succumbed to it. And then. Luongo did his best to make sure he never gave that spot back. So Luongo winning the gold medal with Team Canada, of course, his uh, you know his great uh, run with the Canucks during the President Trophies, getting to the Stanley Cup Finals, and then even on ice, uh, kind of half on ice, half quirky, uh, starting that that overtime against Anaheim uh, on the toilet and letting Danny Saverin. I'm sure that's going to make your that's going to make your your article that. There's all his fun uh, skits with the TSN the vignettes with Corey Schneider, the whole. Thing one, thing two, the poetry, all those things. And then personally, uh, Marie, Huey, and I, my favorite collab partner, we wrote a song for, for him. We write a song for everyone, basically. But we wrote a song for him when he left. We did it to Boys to Men, End of the Road. Marie singing her heart out, me playing my heart out. And he actually wrote to us. He DM'd us on Twitter, thanking us for for the song and and for the, that he was he was touched by it. So. Yeah, a couple of nice things, a couple off ice things, and that that interaction that many reasons why he's my favorite player. Yeah, yeah, I, I do remember that video, and uh, yeah, you guys always kill it. But uh, pretty oh, pretty awesome that Luongo reached out to you personally, and, and it kind of made cool. me think of uh, what Mike Gillis was saying uh, recently on Sakaris and Price, where a lot of people don't know, you know, how good of a person Luongo is off the ice, and, and it sounds like you had a little taste of that in, in your own life here, Clay. Yeah, and what's really funny, Trevor, you, you may agree that he, uh, be, a lot of these media, these players, got to be really guarded with the media, especially the the superstars. And you and Vancouver, we know it can be a very tricky market. I'm not saying good or bad, just a tricky market to play in. And I, I think he wore a lot of the pressure. We saw his interactions talking about Tim Thomas, and I, there, he just seemed to have just be this big ball of wound up pressure all the time and and uh, how can that not get to you so you're right i i agree i can see why gill said what he said is basically you know, may, many people maybe didn't get to know him or they only saw one side of him but we started to see other sides of him as is the vancouver portion of his career ended yeah 100 percent. and you know we, we talked about some of our favorite moments here yeah you're right the the overtime poop is definitely number one <laughs> on my quirky moments list because i can't wait <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see anything like that again. Uh, I'll mention a couple other ones. Uh, I saw the Connects posted this on their Twitter timeline. I was hoping people forgot about it, but his random appearance on the Weather Network uh, was yeah. interesting to have no idea who he was. And he just kind of casually talked about how the weather was mild and there hasn't been a lot of rain. And I was just like, uh, that was one of my favorite moments for sure. Uh, it seemed yeah. like everyone in Vancouver knew him at that time, except that one interviewer on the Weather Network. Um, and then on the ice, you know, one of my favorite moments. Um, was early in his tenure, and I, I kind of forgot about this till I was digging into with the article. But I remember now he had three, uh, two. Uh, sorry, well, how should I word this? He had three shutouts in a row on two different occasions within a twelve-month span. One wow. was uh, in late two thousand seven. He had three straight shutouts, uh, and then he did it again in November of two thousand eight. Um, and actually, his second one was two hundred and forty-two minutes. So really, the span of four games. And uh, which is insane. Wow. Um, yeah. You look at the the all time shutout streaks, and 
you know, he's that shutout streak was somewhere around 1560 on, on the list, but a lot of those shutouts were back, you know, pre 1967 when, you know, uh, there was less <laughs> offense per se. So that shutout streak in November, 2008 is actually the fourth longest shutout streak of the modern era. Uh, so pr- uh, since 1967, so incredible, cool. incredible goaltender. Um, and Clay, I'm almost, I'm almost uh, nervous to bring up this question to you because I feel like we're going to have different takes on it. Um, but obviously, he's going to the Ring of Honor tonight. A lot of fans <laughs> think his jersey should be retired. Uh, where do you stand on that debate? Well, the fact that you loaded up the question like that, I think I know which way you're <laughs> going to go. If you think you know the way I'm going to go, I, I do. I, actually, this is what I've said on my streams, on my shows, Trevor. I said I have no problem with what's happening. The fact that he's going to the Ring of Honor, that he's had his jersey retired by Florida. I have no problem with that at all. Having said that, if it were up to me, I would advocate for him being in the uh, having his jersey retired. But I, honestly, I wasn't upset about it. And I just look, I just see that he's the best goal. There's undoubtedly he's the best goal, goaltender in franchise history. And I have a lot of respect for Kirk McLean, but they played in different eras. You, you referenced the different eras. And, you know, leading the 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 Canucks in, in wins and in save percentage and goals against average. Um, I, I just, and he was the, he was the goaltender, like, when the Canucks were their, their best team in, in history and he was the captain, which, which I know that doesn't uh, hold a lot of weight, but um, having said all that, I, I I'm still fine with what they came up with. I, I just find it weird. I know there's no secret formula, Trevor, because we got six guys who are Jersey retired. Only three of them are in the hockey hall of fame. Here's a guy in the hockey hall of fame, but he can't even get his jersey retired. Yet there's three guys up there who jersey retired. That's not in the hockey, and I know they're not synonymous. Yeah. That's not the criteria, but uh, it's it's the, it's always fascinating that way. So having said all that, truly, I'm fine with it. But if it's up to me, I'd retire his jersey. That was a that was a fantastic way to phrase it, Clay. And and I honestly thought you might have been one of those guys who's going to be like, "What are the Canucks doing? How can they not retire the jersey number of my favorite player of all time?" Uh, but I think you, you actually worded that take beautifully. Uh, not to be not to be kissing butts here on Locked On Canucks or anything like that, um, but I I do think you make a really strong point about how he's in the Hockey Hall of Fame and the Canucks have a few guys up there who obviously uh, in terms of having their jerseys retired who aren't in the Hockey Hall of Fame and I think a big reason why I like the decision to put him in the Ring of Honor and not hang his jersey in the rafters is because I feel like mediocrity has been rewarded too much for this franchise. I do get that there's the other side of you retire your jersey for the fans, right? Uh, and obviously Luongo uh, has a special place uh, in the hearts of a lot of Canucks fans. But I do look at a team like the Canucks, 50 plus years of existence, zero Stanley Cups, and we've already retired six numbers. Uh, yep. That does bother me a little bit. Um, and obviously Luongo, a bit of a rocky tenure uh, in in a sense too. Again, greatest goaltender in Canucks history. No questioning that. The guy did want to leave. <laughs> yeah, yes. so there, yep. there was that side of it too. So it, it is a very complicated tenure, but I think as kind of you alluded off the top, um, I think most fans in this market have nothing but really positive memories and positive things to say about Roberto Luongo. And a lot of that is based too on his personality. Exactly. And Trevor, a couple people brought up to you, well, what about the, well, I call it the cap recapture penalty because uh, it's not the cap recapture penalty. <laughs> recap- so there's that, but that's not Luongo's fault. He's not going to not retire just, just to save us a couple of bucks. Obviously he has to look after his health. So I, I love how you re- refer to it. It wasn't the best exit ever. Uh, you know, remember the Heritage Classic where I think Eddie Lack started and you just see Longo moping on the on the side and then he gets <laughs> traded uh, five days later. Um, so there, I get there's a lot of uh, tumult as well. But um, I, a, t- a night like tonight, you kind of tend to see past that. And it's, just think of when Kessler came back too. He was so nervous. And then the, the Canucks fans were so, so gracious. So I'm looking forward to a big celebration tonight for sure. But I have, I have a lot of time for 
the discussion, the argument. Absolutely. There we go. And uh, we'll, we'll see if there's any discussions or arguments. Um, well, actually, I should say next, we're actually going to get to Kyle Bowen. Okay. Kyle Bowen, again, didn't make it for Clay and I meeting up here on Lockdown Canucks, but we're going to give him a few minutes on the other side to give his take on the Roberto Luongo talk about his memories regarding the greatest goaltender in Canucks history. Clay and I will be back on the show here uh, after a little bathroom break uh, to talk about the Florida Panthers and Vancouver Canucks uh, facing off tonight at Rogers Arena. Before we get to all that, I got to shout out FanDuel, okay? As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets in, with any winning with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Clay, I don't know if you're a, are you a Seattle Seahawks fan at all. Uh, only when I write songs about them. <laughs> what's fun what's fact, your Trevor? Best Seahawks song. Okay. Honestly, fun fact. Uh, my YouTube channel grew the most when Marie, Ariel, and I did the two Seahawks songs. Obviously, you know, they went back to back uh, Super Bowls. They yeah. won one, they lost one. So we did one uh, Katy Perry song. We did Soar, Seahawks Soar instead of Roar. And that's the year they won. They beat uh, Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos. And then we did a, a song the next season, uh, Taylor Swift. We were Swifties before they were Swifties. <clears throat> we did a blank space, like I, I, you write the Seahawks name in the in the on the trophy blank space, and then of course they did what they did and lost that game. But because of yeah. those two um, those videos back to back years, um, that actually launched my channel. Then a bunch of people unsubscribed because they realized I was a Canucks content creator, not a Seahawks creator. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can sense your bitterness towards the Seahawks now, but uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? You made that you made that song about Seahawks or and they ended up winning that Super Bowl in 2013. One yeah. of my favorite memories ever watching uh, a sporting event uh, in a bar, actually, uh, for that game. Uh, a wow. lot of fun. But, you know, in terms of FanDuel this Monday, I'm not going to lie. I, I know the Seahawks got Geno Smith, Drew Locke, who knows that quarterback. The Eagles are really, I kind of like the Seahawks to win that game, wow. possibly straight up, but at least to cover the spread. So if you're going to do that, make sure you bet on FanDuel. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, overs, unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this. And that's Kyle Bowen on Lockdown Canucks, the show that produces only, yes, only the West Coast buys. Talking about Roberto Luongo. More Roberto Luongo talk. Why not? He was that guy. He did so much for you and 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 I. Speaking of which, he definitely produced, well, was a big part of producing the best hockey memory of my life. And... The only thing that can surpass that, that moment in 2010 will be the inevitable, and that's your Vancouver Canucks winning a Stanley Cup in the future. Maybe this year. Anyways, 2010, gold medal game in Vancouver. Big moment. <laughs> Yo, I'll say this. On top of putting his name in the ring of honor, let's put his number in the rafters, but in red and white, okay? If the Olympics ever come back to Vancouver... Nobody's ever allowed to wear the number one. I'll also say this too. Somebody's got to ask him, okay? Uh, in what game did he feel more pressure? Maybe he's already answered this. But was it against the Team US of A in 2010 during the Olympics or 2011 Stanley Cup Finals, Game 7 
in the same building against the Bruins. Anywho, what he did in 2010 was ridiculous. He was really good throughout that whole tournament. Made a big save in overtime when it really mattered. Because if Canada loses that game, dude, I'm a different person. Good chance I'm married. Four kids. Arranged marriage, okay? Nothing, nothing against it, but I'm saying my, the course of my life changes. Speaking of which, my life was in a different place way back when in 2010 and on that game day, okay? I was working at Wendy's. There was no way I was missing this game. I think the game was on at what? 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock. Gold medal game. Biggest game of my life. And I told my boss that somebody died in my family. In fact, my dad called my boss to let him know that Kyle was telling the truth, even though we weren't. But that game mattered. That game needed my spirit. Hey, I needed to be there for Roberto Roberto Luongo. Because he was that guy. He was our guy. And screw the whole Canada thing. He was Vancouver's guy. Roberto Luongo saved the Vancouver Canucks. I'll say it with all my heart, okay? And in that, I'm, I'm speaking the truth. He saved the Vancouver Canucks. Because where were we post-West Coast Express, post-Bertuzzi Moore? We were heading down ultimate mediocrity, okay? And there's Dave Nonis trading Bertuzzi for Luongo and changing everything. I'll also say this. I think there's a lot of truth in this. Look at what he did early on as that guy for your team. Is there a world where Demko does the same thing, produces that stat line? Now, I know Luongo's playing a lot more games. It was a different era. But man, oh man, if Demko can produce like that, like what early Roberto Luongo did, dude, the Vancouver Canucks are one of the best teams in hockey. Year in and year out. That's just the truth. Luongo was damn good. Now let me know in the comments below. Do you think Demko can ever get to that level? Because quite frankly, (laughs) I don't think he can. Because in my opinion, Luongo was on another planet. Not only one of the best goalies of his generation. Bro, one of the best goalies of all time. He changed the game. This all being said, the Canucks are doing the right thing by not retiring his number. Because the standard is different. It's just the truth. The standard hasn't been seen yet. And I'm assuming a lot, but I feel as if Alvin and Rutherford, who came from Pittsburgh, right? A lot of championship pedigree there. A lot of real legends over there. I feel as if they had a lot to do with Luongo not getting the greatest honor. Okay, for real. Because they got that different swagger. They got this type of swagger, okay? I was listening to a couple podcasts over the last couple of days, and I seen this or heard this, okay? Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski, okay? Gronkowski. Why why am I saying like that, okay? Rob Gronkowski. Uh, They were laughing at the fact that the Indianapolis Colts would take the time to put up a banner for winning division, division championships, division championships, okay? And here are a couple members of the Patriots laughing their asses off, not getting it, not understanding it, 
Uh, what's the point of that? That's a waste of time. That's a waste of fabric. You know, the, the goal is never to win the division. Anyways, uh, there was this other quote from Kobe Bryant talking about how the Lakers, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure Kobe Bryant would not lie about this stuff, but he talked about how at the Staples Center, there's no banners of the Lakers winning division championships, Western Conference final championships, etc. okay? Uh, their version of the President's Trophy. You know what I'm saying? There's, there's none of that. There's only championship banners. Now, of course, this may not be completely relative to Luanga because we're talking about team accomplishments versus single-player performances, especially in the goalie position, the position that's right up there with the quarterback, right? When it comes to the most important positions in sport. But it makes me think. It makes me think. Can you retire three numbers from an era of a franchise that didn't ultimately get the job done? I don't think so. No chance. That's not how it works. And I'm not saying that you have to ignore the past of the Vancouver Canucks and not celebrate it to its full, ex full extent, but you want to be careful. You really do. About setting this new desire slash trying to get to a new level of excellence and ultimately just shifting the culture of the Vancouver Canucks. And I think that's what Alvin and Rutherford and company, and maybe Aquilini too now, are trying to do. Understanding that the past was great, but it was far and away not perfect. Not what we're set out to do. And that's representing the, the city well. Canucks Nation well. And striving for excellence, a.k.a. a Stanley Cup. We've never got one of those things. Not once. In fact, in 50 plus years, this team has been passed the second round three times. I know I'm going dark. Anyways, it's ironic how the number one from Luongo is not being retired when, in all honesty, he was one win away. One win away from getting that honor, which makes the argument slash debate of whether the Canucks are doing the right thing an actual debate, because again, we're talking about a fine line, one win. But as Bertuzzi would say, it is what it is. A new standard, man. I'm liking it, man. Assuming a lot, but Alvin and Rutherford, I don't know, something about me, something about it tells me that they had a little bit to do with Luongo just getting this nod, okay, the Ring of Honor nod, which is a huge accomplishment, okay? It really is. Shout out to Luongo. One of the best to ever do it. Let me know in the comments below. Can Demko get to that level? I think some people may think he already is, but come on, relax. Relax. Because he isn't. He isn't. Hey, he, he may be a better playoff goalie than Roberto Luongo, though, okay? Small sample size, but hey, what we saw in the bubble playoffs, quote-unquote, those... Those versions or that version of the playoffs was ridiculous, okay? One of the greatest athletic performances that I've seen of all time came from Bubble Demko. That's just the truth. And that's no bias. That's just me being a sports fan and watching a dude put on. Straight up. Can Demko get to that Luongo level? On that note, we'll get back to Clay and Trevor here on Locked on Canucks. 
Shout out to Roberto Luongo. Enjoy your time in Vancouver. One love to Lou. And uh, if you're going to the game today, after every Demko save, yes, after every Demko save, yell out Lou. Lou after every Demko save. Why not? Do it for the boy. Anyways, let's get back to Trevor and Clay here on Locked on Canucks, your home of that West Coast bias. Ah, you know, having two young kids has me short on sleep, okay? A three-year-old and a six-month-old. With that going on in the house, it's harder to work out and eat healthy like I used to once upon a time. It's hard for me to have guns like Clay, okay? That's why I have a hard time living life without my AG1 in the morning, okay? And not to say, you know, I'm going for those big guns, but I need that energy, okay? And since I've been drinking AG1, I've noticed an overall feeling of sustained energy, support for my mental clarity, and focus. And I need that focus to keep up with Canuck Clay here on Locked On Canucks. AG1, it replaces your multivitamin, probiotic, and more in one simple drinkable habit. AG1 uses a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients. That's science, baby. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. Welcome back to Locked On Canucks. I'm Trevor Beggs. You were just listening to Kyle Bowen. He's gone. He's out of here, okay? Uh, he'll be back tomorrow, though. Uh, but here I am joined by Canuck Clay for the final segment of the show. And, and Clay, did you say you're going to be at the game tonight at Rogers Arena? Yeah, I'm blessed to be going with my two sons and my longtime season ticket partner, Mike, who I watched all those uh, Stanley Cup run games with. So it's going to be the four of us together. It's going to be a lot of fun, for sure. Awesome. And, and so do you, do you have three kids? Uh, yeah, uh, two boys and a girl. I took the the daughter Kayla to the the Tampa game on Tuesday. Took my wife Gail to uh, the game on Saturday. So we kind of lined it up: Gail on Saturday, Kayla on Tuesday, and the two boys tonight. Uh, even Stevens, man, you gotta love it. Uh, there you go. Uh, the re- part of the reason I ask you is because I've had multiple people tell me, "Do not have three kids." <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna say, "If you're if you're gonna have three, you gotta have four. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> Yeah, it depends, you know. know. Your take on it. Yeah, sometimes we—it's not always our our plan too, right? But you never know. But if you exactly. have the three, yeah. uh, this whole middle child uh, thing—I I don't know. I, I'm not sure I buy into it. Maybe me and my brother are only two. Um, uh, we've had our three, but our middle guy, uh, Jacob, he's the—they all bring me great pride, Trevor. But he's the 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 team Canada bowler. He's the one that's taking me around the world on his travel. So I certainly not complaining about the middle child syndrome. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Hey, fair enough. There you go. And uh, yeah, from other people I've heard, it's not necessarily the middle child, but it's like, hey, your siblings are going to be two against one. And I'm like, I don't know, man, every, every family is a little bit different. So right. I, I don't yeah. necessarily buy the whole two against one thing. I mean, you could have and your kids they... and be three against one. Right. Are they both boys or are they boy? Girl? Refresh me. I got, I got a three-year-old girl and I got a six month old son. Okay, awesome. So there are a lot of parents, not everyone, but a lot of parents, they are happy. They they really like at least one of each gender just, just to have that balance. So you're right. Whatever, if you have a third child, if you're blessed with a third child, Trevor, boy boy or girl, it's an automatic uh, double team for sure, no matter what happens. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, I, honestly, I pictured myself having three girls. Before I had any kids, I had this vision in my head uh, of yeah. my wife and, and three girls telling me to turn off the Canucks game because my team sucks. 
Um, right. I'm hoping that right. was just a, a bad fever dream and not the case. That's certainly not the case for these current Canucks who are one of the best teams in the NHL. And you and I in our times as con- uh, content creators have not had have not gotten to say that a whole lot. Um, because, no. again, over the past 10 years, this team has not been very good. And tonight at Rogers Arena, not only are uh, is Luongo going to the ring of honor, but it's really a, a matchup of two of the best teams in the NHL. Um, I look at these Florida Panthers right now, and I know Matthew Kachuk uh, hasn't been scoring like he used to, but you still have Verhage, Barkov, and Reinhardt, a really, really good, and I would probably argue a bit underrated top line. Uh, I love their depth down the middle with Barkov, Bennett, and Lundell as their one, two, three punch at center. Uh, Evan Rodriguez on the third line right now, according to the line combinations. Uh, he's a stud. Uh, and of course, their defense is getting healthy, right? Ekblad Montur back in the lineup. Uh, Ekman Larson not playing 20, uh, 29 minutes a night anymore. He's actually on their third pairing. Um, mm. How do you think the Canucks match up against the Panthers tonight? Yeah, so this is an interesting matchup for me, um, Trevor, just because, and, and get past all the Longo stuff, which we, which we covered. The Canucks played the Panthers right at the start of the season. Remember the Canucks uh, wiped out Edmonton twice in a row, and then they went on that road trip where they actually lost to Tampa. They lost to Philly, they lost to Tampa, and then they beat Florida. And I think Florida scuffered, scuffled a little bit to start the season. You're right, Matthew Kachuk hasn't been his dominant self. He'll get there. But this team, you got to remember, yeah, they're missing their two top defensemen at the time. That's why Ekman Larson was getting early Norris Trophy. No, he wasn't getting Norris Trophy. Well <laughs> but but you're right. Should the Canucks uh, acquire Oliver Ekman Larson <laughs> and 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 Gustav Forsling? Bring them both back, actually. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, the Florida Panthers—they are deep. They have the confidence that they know how to turn it on. Obviously, from last season. So I'm really looking forward to this matchup. And it's certainly, yeah, we're higher than them in the standings. They, they've had a bit of an uneven start. But you know, you know they're going to be there at the very end. Uh, their goaltending is kind of funny to me. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, Bravarski started three quarters of the games. So I'm guessing he's going to go tonight for such a big game. Stolarz, I, I don't even know much about him. Uh, Bravarski, so he's been taking so much of their salary. But regardless, yeah, they're, I, I agree with you. They're a good team. This should be a lot of fun, and I think it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a charged matchup. Not because they hate each other, but there's gonna be a lot of emotion running through that building tonight. Yeah, and, and I kind of feel a similar way to, to this game as I did about Tampa uh, when they came to town on Tuesday. You know, the Canucks mm. too often the season started slow, and we kind of saw it not so much in the last two games. They've been had good starts against Carolina and Tampa Bay. Actually, that Tampa Bay one that's that one's a bit iffy. But I'm thinking that Minnesota game, that New Jersey game. Um, there's been too many nights where the Canucks have started slow. And if you look at their goal differential by period, the first period has been their worst. I think the Canucks yeah. need to focus on starting strong because they seem to finish the game strong, but they don't necessarily always start the game strong. And I think this is a Florida Panthers team who can burn the Canucks if the Canucks are kind of asleep at the wheel, uh, maybe uh, basking in the glory of Roberto Luongo too much in that pregame <laughs> uh, But I'm And I hear Trip. Trip- I hear what you're saying, Trevor, about the slow starts. But the crazy thing is, I think you saw the stat where they actually score first in two-thirds of their game. So maybe maybe they have a slow start, but they don't necessarily allow a goal. They seem to get dominated, though. But somehow, mm-hmm. whether it's at, they sneak out a late goal at the end of the first or they come out flying in the second, which they've done, then maybe that's why that stat is like it is. But the, even the better stat, I'm sure you know, is going into the third period, if they have a lead, they're 16-0. to That's yeah. awesome. Like, so yeah. imagine if, if you have a good start, like you're saying they should try to get, and then they can protect leads. That's, that's obviously why they're 10 games over 500 right now. Yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah, I, I'm going to throw this juju in the atmosphere because it is Roberto Luongo night. How about a, a good old goose egg for Demko and Nets for the Vancouver Canucks, which would be a hell of a feat against this Florida Panthers team 
with a high octane offense. Clay, I know you're going to be at the game. You might want some excitement. You might want a few goals, uh, but I'm going to go with uh, Quinn Hughes getting on the board his 10th of the season. Okay. Born in Orlando, Florida. Uh, and then maybe that'll stand mm. to the winning goal with Demko giving a goose egg for your Vancouver Canucks. I love it. I love it. I'm going to go four, two. It's kind of like my shtick. I guess four. I predict four, two <laughs> until the Canucks actually win four, two last year. It took him into a January game against Colorado to hit it. So I'm going four, two with, uh, how can you go against Brock is getting the first goal for me. Yeah. Hey, there you go. And I was, uh, I did say Brock was going to score against Tampa. I did say he was going to score a hat trick though. So, you know, you can't always be right. Um, but clay, it's always the right decision uh, for you and I to link up on a podcast, whether it's on locked on Canucks, whether it's on your own network, I just want to say I appreciate the heck out of you for joining me here on Locked On Canucks. Uh, why don't you uh, promote yourself and all the great things that you're doing now before we get out of here? I appreciate that, Trevor, and thanks. Hello to you, Kyle, as well. We will collab one day soon. Yes, everyone, you can follow me if you want to on YouTube. I'm at Canuck Clay and also on X at Canuck Clay as well. And the bread and butter of my show do live streams five nights a week from Sunday to Thursday, some pregame, some postgame. It's a goofy song here and there, but mostly the live streams is what I'm really focusing on. So you can join me every night, Sunday through Thursday at 11 p.m. Connect Clay right here on YouTube. 11 p.m., man. I, I, I salute you, man. I'm, I'm definitely in bed <laughs> unless I'm up writing about the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> it's my, it's yeah, my you're best a legend. Time. It's my best time. <laughs> there we go. You're, you're, you're a legend, Clay. We appreciate you for tuning on. Uh, shout out to the everydayers, the occasional listeners, the first time listeners, and the new subscribers. We love each and every one of you, your families and your pets too, okay? But coming up on Friday's show, Kyle and I will uh, do a little recap of what happened between the Florida Panthers and the Vancouver Canucks and look ahead at the two-headed monster this weekend, the Minnesota Wild and the Chicago Blackhawks. That's on another episode, but for now, I'm Trevor Beggs. That guy was Clay Emu. Kyle Ballow was on in the middle part of the show. And we again, we all appreciate you for tuning in to Locked On Canucks.